Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Bosla. On today's episode, I am going to be talking to Karina Cantus. Welcome, Karina. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Who am I? Um, I'm many people. I wear many hats. Um, let's start with, I am a podcaster, a booktuber, a YouTuber. I'm a host of the radio show Artists uh, on the Artists First Radio Network, Author Assist radio show. I uh, run Author Assist, which helps uh, authors with their marketing and promotion. Everything from brainstorming an idea right through to having the final product in their hand and helping them to promote themselves and the book. I have about 30 different uh, services that I do for authors, including one-on-one -on -one training, so they don't have to uh, hire someone again and they can learn how to do it themselves. Um, I am an author of 14 books. I've just released my new one uh, this month. Um, some of my books have uh, won awards. I'm also an award-winning filmmaker. My book trailers have won uh, International Film Festival Awards. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm sure I forgot something. <laughs> well, that's all like what you do, but like, who are you? <laughs> I'm from the UK, as you can tell from my accent. Um, and I'm living in Greece, in Corfu. I've cool. been so out here. So what time is it for you right now? It's now, um, 20 past five. Okay. I'm, I'm just quarter after 10 in the morning. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in the island of Corfu. I came over here when I was a teenager, about 19 and met my husband in a cocktail bar. Cool. Yeah. Um, my first time abroad, my first time flying, I took my sister on a holiday and, um, when he asked me, you know, what do you want to drink? And I had to, had to say it, didn't I? I said, I'll have an orgasm. And he turned around and said, how many? And I went, multiple. <laughs> and that was our yes! chapter of life. <laughs> and yes! we were inseparable. We were inseparable for two weeks, that holiday. And I knew after the two weeks, I had found my soulmate. Yeah, that is fantastic. See, that's who you are. You're the lady <laughs> that orders multiple orgasms. <laughs> I I have uh, the other side of me I'm really really busy with my business I have chronic insomnia so I hardly ever sleep so I'm always online working um this is my office which is my bedroom because I'm comfortable on the bed I have serious illnesses that stop me from doing any full-time work uh, stop me from doing normal uh, everyday housework, uh, being a mother like you should with your children, play with them and go ice skating and horse riding. And, and um, yeah, so that's the other side of Karina Gantis. Okay. Which isn't very cool. Well, I mean, your whole life isn't going to be cool. There's going to be parts of it that suck. And those <laughs> are the parts... This oh. sucks completely. It's yeah. it started nearly fifteen years ago. Uh, I had um, type one diabetes. Then I had a problem with the thyroid. Um, and if anyone knows uh, this little thyroid thing in your throat, it can affect every single part of the body. It had so many symptoms. Um, then with my diabetes and then I got fibromyalgia which it affects all the nerves and muscles in the body you're in constant chronic pain insomnia memory problems uh the list goes on and every year something's been added onto my list I've got uh, problems with the nerves on my neck I have uh, disc problems on my back so I can't well, when I try and bend and sweep my back's in agony. I can't stand for long periods. I walk with a walking stick. And that was like, I was using a walking stick 15 years ago. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm 47. I admit that I'm 47 now, but I became ill and act, had to act like a 60 year old woman. Um, when I first, I was diagnosed 
And so um, you accept it, you get on with things, you make the best of what you've got. I have an amazing family. I'm so lucky to have the family I have uh, who really, really helped me. And um, with my business, with my clients, doing my work, I just keep myself busy all the time. So I, I don't have to think about other things, you know? That's and right. I get up every morning, no matter how I'm feeling, I get up every morning, smile on my face and get on with things. That, that is good to hear because it can be really easy to say, oh, I have all this stuff going on, so I'm just going to lay here and do nothing. There, I mean, there are days where you, you've just done, you've given everything you can, you know, you've got no strength left. Um, they're called flare-up days, and that's when you are just crashing, and it does happen. You're in your, your bedroom and you sleep because you haven't slept for 74 hours, and then suddenly you conk out, you like zombified. Um, sleep for maybe four or five hours straight and and that is makes your body rested and you ready to start again and to not sleep again for another 74 hours oh but uh, after so many years my body's used to it now and uh it's uh like i said i, I just I, I get on with things people um don't make people know me the professional side they don't know the other side of Karina. And then the ones that know the other side of Karina um, don't really know the professional side of me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you've got two very distinct parts of yourself. Exactly. So we're going to start with one of those parts. We're going to, yeah, we're going to start with the part that sucks. Because that <laughs> is really, that is really what the show is about. Unpacking the sucky part of life. So um, you told us a little bit about those chronic illnesses that you have, and um, now tell us a little bit about mental health that goes along with having some of that stuff. Well, I've always suffered from depression anyway. Unfortunately, that is a curse for any artist. Um, we suffer from depression because that's when the creativity comes out. Um, so no true. matter who you talk to, yeah, no matter who you talk to, they will say the same thing. So I've had that anyway. And when I became when I became a diabetic, um, part of that uh, symptom was again depression. So that put that on top. Okay. A fibromyalgia. One of the symptoms of fibromyalgia is depression. So I've got like three times as much. Um, uh, of being depressed with all of these things and uh, the medication as well that I'm taking that's supposed to help and I, I cry at every little thing I don't know it's something some song something someone says some advert mm. uh, my, my daughter's always got tissues with her because I could just break down any time well, but I'm really that. happy she's prepared Oh, she's amazing. She's like my little nurse. She knows all my medications when I've got to take them because of having memory problems, not remembering to take them. She'd come in and she'd ask me, have you done your insulin? Have you done your medication? She, she's amazing. She's been, she's been my little nurse. She's been looking after me when at the age where she shouldn't be looking after her mum. Yeah. You know, she's uh, missed out on so much because of, uh, because of my illness. But when it comes, yeah, depression is is hard to cope with. Um, I haven't got so low like I did before I got ill. I was I was seeing before I had my first child and living in Greece. I was seeing a, a therapist because I was so depressed. I got to the lowest of the lowest, and I knew I needed help. Okay, so what did that feel like, though? What, what does the lowest of the lowest mean to you? It's, it means that you, you just can't see a way out. You just feel like you're, you're trapped. Your life is going nowhere. Even, even now, I can look at it and say, what, what the hell was I thinking? You know, but at the time, that's all you think is, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. And nothing's working. I can't live like this. And, and you, that is the lowest of the low. That's when you need to speak to someone. 
Yes. That and is unfortunately there's a lot of people that don't speak to that someone. Exactly. That is when I made the decision to go speak to somebody too. Is that lowest of the low point where you went, uh-oh, if I don't go speak to somebody, something really bad is gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. You just there's just no way out. You just don't see see a future for yourself and then when when you out of the depression and you're back to your bubbly self and you look back and you think why on earth did I feel like that with everything I have around me with everything that's going on why was I ready to give it all up yeah and I think that's what people have to remember that that when you get to the low low stage and, and you think about giving up, don't, because the next step, you are, you're going to come out of this black cloud, you will come out of this black cloud, and when you do, you're going to be asking yourself, why on earth did I feel like that? And it's, mm -hmm. it's not about your life and how you're living, it is a mental problem. It yes. is to do with a mental uh uh deficiency disease whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. it is a, a physical mental problem that can be helped with pills with therapy with um natural remedies uh, um lots and lots of ways that, yes. that you can help uh, especially with talking to a total stranger about anything that's upsetting you or whatever it's um, amazing how I love how you say a total stranger. It's amazing how you can go to this total stranger, spill your guts and feel better after. Cause it's not, I mean, obviously you're not walking up to just a stranger on the street, but still when you say it like that, oh yeah. Cause you do, you go up to this stranger who you're trusting your entire life with and hoping that you're going to come out the other end. You. Yeah. And, and hoping, they do. hoping that, yeah. Hoping that you, by, by talking about it, you first get closure. Yes. And by talking to a therapist who's supposed to be able to help you and know what to say, the right thing to say. Um, if you go to a therapist um, and they're only in it for the money or they've just opened their own little office because they've just passed their degree or whatever, yeah. you're, you're likely not to get unfortunately the the correct therapy that you should get yeah and it will be come back next week and let's do it again and, and come back next week and let's do it again and if you don't feel anything after the first session then it's not going to work the mm. first session is where you talk and you cry and you get things out and yeah. that is the start and if you can't do that with that therapist, then you need to change and find someone else. Yeah. Don't give up. Like therapy is great. Don't give up. Don't think everybody's the exact same because there are so many people in the world, so many types of personalities out there that you're not going to connect with everyone. You're not going to be able to just walk in and always connect. So just because that therapist didn't work for you doesn't mean that they're not good at their job. But it also doesn't mean that some other therapist isn't going to be able to connect with you. So just mm -hmm. try, try again. You tr you look you look for someone else, and and when you know when you've got that connection because you you can breathe. You can you can you leave that office breathing, yeah. feeling like that that lump on that heavy nest on your shoulder is starting to to shift. Yeah. Um. One one session is not enough it never would be enough for anything but that one session you will know whether you're with the right therapist you will know whether you want to carry on with that person if you leave feeling that nothing has been sorted everything's the same um, like you say you don't give up you go and you contact someone else by taking that step of wanting to talk to someone and get it out you've done the first step of um your treatment yourself yes 
And that is an amazing, amazing uh, thing to do when you're feeling like you're at the end and you can't go on. If you can do that first step and talk to someone, then you're on your way of getting out of that black cloud. Yeah. And when you get out of that black cloud, you laugh. You, you laugh at yourself. Why did I ever have those feelings and those dark and, and nasty and evil thoughts in my head that I was going to do that and leave all of my family and leave my life? Yeah. Why did I feel so low when I've got nothing to feel low about? Yeah. And that's such a good point because so many people... Um, that aren't dealing with the actual depression that just see your life kind of minimize what you're feeling. They'll be like, I've heard people say, ah, your life is good. What do you have to worry about? What do you have to be depressed about? Your life is so good. Like, look at all this. And, Bingo. It, and it's not about what your life is life like. Life is about. No, it it's isn't. A, it's, it's, it's the thoughts are in your head. Exactly. It's about the negative but, talk, yeah. the sometimes it's a chemical imbalance we're not having the proper hormones going through yes, right so it's exactly it's not always about the life like there is circumstances that can obviously mm-hmm. compound onto it and then of course you can have a situational depressive episode yeah but ultimately it comes down to a brain imbalance a brain yes. chemical thing your negative self-talk um yes and that is what needs to be dealt with just just yes. saying, oh yeah, my life is good. I don't need to worry. Yeah, yeah. I had that so many people's like, why are you depressed? You've got a great life. You've got a wonderful life. Why are you depressed? There's no reason for it. And I would turn around and say, I know. Yeah. But I can't help how I'm feeling. Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's, it's not so, that we don't know. It's so difficult for a close family to understand because they know what you're like when you're when you're in that uh, happy cloud. They yeah. see what sort of person you are, and they don't understand why you can get uh, trapped under a, a dark cloud yeah. and feel like you do. And even when you try and talk to members of the family, again, it's that mentality. What have you got to be depressed about? Mm-hmm. exactly and it makes I mean when I heard people say it to me it made me feel worse because mm-hmm. now I'm ashamed that I feel this way because I shouldn't feel this way so now mm-hmm. I'm feeling worse with the shame and the and the guilt so it's really a very very unhelpful thing to say to people um really if you is. if you want to remind them about all the good in their life there are ways you can do that. You can say, Hey, you have, you've got some really awesome kids. Don't say you have awesome kids. So you shouldn't be depressed. Just be like, yeah, oh, yeah. your, your kid is so creative. That, that's awesome. That, that you as a parent yeah. are helping them be creative or, yeah. um, Oh, your husband is so sweet that that's so nice of him to think of you. You're very lucky to have him. Right. Exactly. No mention you, of the need you to sh- point point yes. out the things the good things in your life point them out mm. to that person who needs to know exactly who needs to to it needs to sink in to their brain um the goodness that is around them yes and don't mention how they should be feeling at no point is it your kids are creative so you shouldn't feel depressed your husband's yeah. nice to you so you shouldn't feel depressed yeah. no no you're simply yeah. mentioning the good to remind them it's there but you're yeah. not minimizing what they're feeling exactly the other the other going off of depression now the other problem i have and i didn't realize it at the time that there was a connection Um, was the insomnia now I hadn't been sleeping for quite a long time and um, I didn't realize that after so long it actually affects the your mental health yes Um, the first thing that started happening was I was having what I call spot blackouts I would be either on my motorcycle which is so dangerous 
Yeah. Or I'd be walking around with the trolley shopping. All of a sudden, everything would go black. And then a second later, it would come back. Oh. It was terrifying. Yeah. I felt like I was going to collapse. You know, I was going to faint. Oh I didn't feel like I was going to faint. Yeah. But I was like, you know, my eyes didn't close. My eyes were open, but I saw blackness oh, for wow. a second. And then I came back. So the first thing I did, I, I talked to my diabetic doctor. And she said, it was, oh, it's a sign of low sugar. I okay. didn't believe that. But I took my tester with me everywhere I went. Yep. And when it happened again, I stopped. I tested myself. My sugar levels were normal. Mm, so it wasn't that. And it wasn't that. And, and it, it was getting more frequent. And I was too scared to go anywhere by myself because of it. I wouldn't, I, I hardly ever left that. I hardly leave the house anyway because of my condition. But when I did leave the house and I went on my bike, I always had my daughter on the back with me. So I always had someone with me. Um, and the other thing that happened, which was rather fun at the time, and it's actually started happening again, which is rather scary, but I understand why it's happened again because of the lack of sleep, is that. I'd be having a conversation with my daughter, my husband, whatever. Yeah. And they say something and then I would answer it with total nonsense that had nothing to do with what they were talking about. Mm. And this actually happened the other day. I was so tired and my eyes were closing and I knew it was time to, to you know, my body was done. That was 74 hours. My body was done. It was ready to, to go yeah. to sleep. And um, so, so me and my daughter, she was doing something on the computer for me and I was trying to teach her what I need to do in because I, I couldn't do anything. I was just so, so tired. And we'd start talking and then I would start saying something so nonsense that had nothing to do with what we're supposed to be talking about. And she'd turn around and say, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. and I'm like oh where did, where did that come from and it happened like four times in a row um that day oh. when we were doing that thing I was like this is ridiculous I, I, I try and stop myself from saying it knowing that what I'm going to say has nothing to do with what we're talking about anyway so that freaked me out and that's happened again again uh, uh lately and uh it's been maybe a year year and a half since I've had any uh, episodes like that good good um yeah. that's scary I went to my neurologist who helps with my fibromyalgia and he's the one who does all my medication and everything and I just mentioned it oh by the way this is happening to me and he went why didn't you say something earlier and I'm like well I thought it was just part of fibromyalgia you know because there's like a hundred symptoms of fibromyalgia you know yeah. so much with with this illness you, there isn't a magic pill you take a pill for every one of these symptoms Ooh. so I mean that's I a lot of pills it, it's, it's a lot of pills it's a lot of pills oh yeah. my yes it is 15 a day about anyway so I told him and he went it's caused because of your insomnia we have to get that insomnia working we need to get it away we need to get you to sleep you need to have at least six seven hours sleep you are not getting six or seven hours sleep you are lucky if you're getting one or two hours sleep um and he said it was caused by the insomnia so he put me in for the egg i think it's called okay i had this plastic cap on my head with the wires and i'm laying down and it's doing the brain you know the lines are going oh, up okay yeah down or whatever I, I don't know anyway and so you know he comes over it a little bit and he says right close your eyes and open them again so I'll close my eyes and open them and then a little while later he'll ask me to do it again so he could see the reading you know to okay, see where yeah. when I closed my I don't know why I was doing it but anyway and he comes up to me and he says are you tired and I went no 
and 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 so that went on for about 45 minutes and then we finished and he went the results are inconsistent I want you to go home I want you to sleep I want you to come back in two days and we'll do another one well of course I'm an insomniac I cannot sleep you can't go tell home me and sleep you can't tell me to sleep if my body doesn't want to sleep when when I'm ready to sleep I will sleep I can't force myself to sleep I can't say right it's 10 o'clock everything turned off go to bed sleep doesn't work like that mm-hmm. when my body is ready to sleep I will sleep it's like going from insomnia to uh narcop- narcopsy narcolepsy exactly I would be doing something on the computer and then I'd fall asleep and two minutes later I'd wake up again and I'd carry on working and I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up again and 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 so that that's what happens daily daily that happens so anyway I went back and I did another test and he says to me he said have you slept I went no I said, I really did try. He said, what are you thinking about? I said, he says, "Um, you're wide awake, but your brain is sleeping. I said, I can't, I'm lying there thinking about my next book and what I'm writing about and the story. So my brain is working, but according to the results of the test, I was wide awake and my brain was sleeping. That is weird. So I'm like, how on earth can that be? How does that work? Yeah. I'm sorry. You, I've done the test. You now have to go back with the results to your neurologist. So go back to the neurologist with the exam results. And he's like, right, we really, this is serious. We really need to get your insomnia sorted. So change medication. I've been on that for maybe two years now. He said, it should knock an elephant out and I'm not sleeping. And now the mental, uh, the mental uh, difficulties, uh, mental health has started again. Like I said, I didn't have any, um, after taking the tablets, even though I wasn't sleeping, the episode stopped, the blackout stopped, the speaking, yeah, the speaking gibberish stopped. But it was only yesterday that it came back with oh. this gibberish. So I think it's time to take a little walk down to the doctors uh, sometime in the, before Christmas and uh, speak with him, maybe get my medication changed again. Because mm-hmm. when you're taking medication for so long, your body gets used to it and it stops working. Yes, exactly. So um, even though the medication from the beginning never knocked me out and didn't help with my somnia, it did stop the mental um, episodes, we'll call them. Yes. Um, But like I said, that happened yesterday. So I know things are not good again. Yes. Uh, Maybe I'll even start blacking out again, having these spot. I call them spot blank. Yeah, blackouts only a few seconds but it's absolutely terrifying Hmm. well it's good that you can recognize when you know something needs to to change with some you know you got to go back to the doctor and talk again because sometimes it's not as easy to to notice that something is going on Mm -hmm. so it's good that you're noticing and are able to take the steps then to to try and solve that problem sure there's this problem we've been trying to solve for 10 years yeah. And I've my medication after medication after medication. Um, I'm wearing my glasses. You can't see my bags. It's nice makeup, <laughs> nice makeup and glasses. And it hides all the bags underneath the, the, the eyes because uh, I don't sleep. But um, yeah, I don't know when the last time I've had like six or seven hours straight through. Wow. Because another thing, another thing that's, that uh, um, fibromyalgia does is that when you actually fall asleep, you don't dream. Because when you get to REM 3, you wake up. Oh, geez. So you never, ever 
get, even if I was, I didn't have insomnia, if I didn't have insomnia, I still wouldn't be sleeping a full six, seven hours because I'd be waking up every time I got to REM three, which is a dream state. That is awful. Oh, I love my sleep. I, I nap like almost every day. I love sleep. If I don't have like at minimum seven hours of sleep, I cannot function. Like it's, I feel so sick. So like, I could not imagine being awake for days. Like I just, Uh, my husband comes in and and if if I'm on my computer and my eyes are closed, he'll take the computer off my lap and he'll, he'll leave it and Mm -hmm. I will wake up anyway. And, you know, even when I do fall asleep, like I said, it could be happen any time. I, I tell you what I did once. I do narrations for um, authors, right? Reading um, excerpts from their books. Yeah. And I was recording myself doing a reading. And I actually caught it on camera of my eyes closing, carry on reading, and then opening my eyes again. It was the most freakiest thing. I'd ever yeah. seen and I caught myself on camera doing it oh my goodness see that's something that's kind of cool though that like you were able to actually <laughs> catch it on that, that's kind of cool <laughs> so creepy I put it on Facebook I said people you've got to see this <laughs> well yeah because it's it's something that is hard to believe it can happen um but proof I mean it was it was it was not narcotty as uh, I can't I can't remember that damn name it's so <sighs> long it was narcotty but then it was like waking up and it only happened for 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 a few seconds you saw me on the computer looking in the camera reading eyes closing reading eyes open not realizing what happened until I watched the video that's so crazy wow um all right so what oh I mean we've talked about how therapy is fabulous and gotta go do that but what other coping strategies do you use for for what for the depression for yeah to just help you kind of get through get through the my family get me through my my family get me through my family is the reason I get out of bed in the morning um my job and my clients um they rely on me to do my job um and and that gets me working and that gets me uh, riled up you know ready to start the day 10 in the morning 10 at night I go right the way through working um weekends I don't work weekends is for me but I still don't relax because I'm working on my own books I'm editing I'm promoting my own books so it's non-stop 24 7 seven days a week non-stop for me and keeping myself busy like that stops me from thinking about other things okay okay so that that's good because sometimes if you keep yourself busy, it can sometimes lead to bad. Um, but if it works for you, then awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to. I'm, I'm so busy working and, and thinking about things I have to do next and where I have to go and what I have to do that I don't have to think about, um, oh, um, you haven't slept. Oh, you're tired. Um, oh, you've got pains. You can't go for a walk without your stick um Mm -hmm. your daughter looks after you like a nurse you know all of the the negative things are happening I don't have to think about that because my brain is full of what I need to do for my clients that's good then that's good as long as it is not being too overwhelming that's perfect the no I mean I I really should I'm a one-man show and if you knew what I do every day and uh, as well as the podcasts um, as well as the services and being a VA and having I can't say no to people so I'm uh, sometimes I stretch myself too thin I gotta watch that that can get stressful when 
you feel like you're not giving your all to the client because you've got so many other things to do for other people, um, that can that can uh, lead to uh, a lot of stress. So I'm seriously thinking about hiring someone so it takes some of the workload off and then yeah. I don't have to say no to anyone. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. love what I do. You know, I love the podcast. I love meeting people and talking with them. The interaction because I don't leave my house. Yes. Because I no longer have friends. They all left me when I became ill. Oh, jerks. Yeah. Yeah. Um because I I I didn't socialize. The only socializing I've done over the last 10 years is join a choir because I sing. And oh, nice. uh, we raise money. We raise money for uh, charity for children in need. Oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah. So um, that, of course, with COVID, two years we haven't done it, yeah. and we just started up uh, two weeks ago, twice a week, um, getting ready with the English, the Christmas carols to go down to the villages and to the Christmas bazaar and do our little thing and try and raise some money so that's my socializing that's all I do because all like I said all my friends left me and so everything that I do online all of these connections that I have online I've never met these people before yeah and they have been there for me 100 percent oh that's awesome They're always there for me yeah. they know the situation I can talk to them. They talk to me. We, we, you know, bash each other's ears, you know, when we, we've got problems. I've never met them and they are um, amazing. Uh, I've been, you know, when I lost my mum and then I lost my dad and it was really, really hard. And I had, I had this letter card, card come and it was messages from everyone that I knew in this writing group uh, with condolences and their messages and someone Aww. wrote it all down and sent it to my address in a sympathy card and I cried I mean yeah. that was that was so so beautiful I've still got it um, with the memorial that I made for my father um, and uh, it was it was beautiful and it was such a nice thing and that's it the writing community that I'm in, we are like, like glue, you know, we always help each other when it comes to um, books and, and marketing and, and ideas. Awesome. But we're always there for the other side. The people don't know what's going on behind someone's door. No, exactly. Yeah. Which no one sees the smile, no one sees the tears. And you can be anyone you want to be and yeah. pretend that life is amazing online. Oh, yeah. It's unless, super you're easy. Being, unless you're being honest, which I do, and everyone knows my closer, closer virtual friends know the situation, um, then I can come on camera and I can, I can chat with them and, and we can see each other and we know what's going on. And, and when, you think you know we're talking in a in a, a chat room with uh, five or six people from a group and they mentioned that they they've started doing chemo and you're like whoa because you had no idea yes or or um they they're suffering really having a really really bad time with depression mm -hmm. uh, because of something uh, and you wouldn't expect that from them because you know them as that other person, the other yeah. side. So it, it's so surprising when you learn what really, how people really are coping or not coping um, when they're honest. Um, but when you are honest, you have those people, you have that support online. Yeah. It's amazing. That really helps. I'm so glad that, that, really that you found... Help found a new group of people since the other ones we don't like them you know what what got me um randy is that i was in this group and we used to go out and we'd have wine and cheese once a week and then 
we'd we'd go uh, and have a coffee on Saturdays. So massive group of us, yeah, uh, English girls in the village because this is a Greek village. Um, and when someone was ill, we'd raise money and we'd help them. Uh, when one of our group um, actually died from cancer, we all put money together for a memorial for her, a little plaque and everything. And then when I got ill, and I was talking and being open about it on Facebook and telling people what fibromyalgia is and the yeah. symptoms and the stuff that I'm going through, I maybe had a couple of visits and then they stopped mm. because I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with them anymore. Yeah. I couldn't go out with them anymore. That's so unfortunate. And they, they didn't want to, to know. They didn't want to help. Maybe they were scared. Yep. Uh, maybe it freaked them out that you know the illness but what upset me the most is that every time someone needed something I was always there as yeah. part of giving and then when I needed them they disappeared Aww. sorry to hear but, that so for those yeah. who are listening if you consider yourself to actually be a friend then you don't leave when the hard times come you know who your friends are when you really need them. It's as yeah. simple as that. So, so my virtual friends are absolutely awesome. They've been there for me. They've helped me through. Um, they've supported me through my, my career with my books. With um, I was uh, representing Greece in the World Championship Karaoke. Oh! Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had a lot of support from them for that. Um so and then and then you've got um, you've got uh, the only social connection that I do now is with the choir. Yeah. But that was two years of not having the choir, mm -hmm. uh, and now we've got together, and and this is this is nice. This is, you know, you have a chat with someone, and you know, they're asking how you doing, and you don't go through everything. Of course, you say, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I usually. It's, it's just nice to, to socialize again at yes. last. Yeah. Um, and that's only going to be over Christmas and then that will finish again. Yeah. Um, and, and we won't do anything again. And then I will be stuck in doors. But because I can get out, that's when I can get dressed up. That's when I can do my hair. That's when I can put my makeup on and wear my nice clothes because I don't have the opportunity to do that because I don't go anywhere. It's so true. I know I, I mean, doing the podcast and writing and stuff, I don't go out too much. And when I do go out, I usually go to the gym because I coach. And so I'm still not dressed up. So I mean, this dressing up for my show that that's my dressing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I totally, totally understand. I'm the same. But the, the thing about the podcast, and I'm sure you, you know, exactly the same is, it's a way to socialize. Yes. It means that I don't leave the house. This is my socialise and I'm meeting new people. And we're having a chat and we're learning about each other and learning about yeah. their journey as an author or an artist, an illustrator, um, an actor. I've, I've had some big people on my show. And oh. yeah, and, and it's just wonderful to, to hear all these stories and to connect with people and to make these connections. Yeah. And to just meet somebody and talk with them you know covid when when covid started and people were in lockdown and nobody knew what to do with themselves i'd been using digital medium for the last five years i've been using yeah. zoom for the last five years so yeah, you I were prepared teaching, you were ready i was oh yeah exactly i was teaching now all of these authors that couldn't go and do their book cons that couldn't go and do their book signings yeah. and couldn't sell outside they had no idea how to use the internet to sell their books yeah and so I had a lot of work over the last two years well, training people <laughs> on how to use social media uh how to use zoom how to get onto panels how to get onto uh podcasts um and and just to make sure that everybody was connected which was yeah. so important to have that social connection to somebody whether it was talking to someone member of the family on camera or it was meeting someone new and being interviewed for a podcast people needed that during that time yeah 
and they didn't know that that this door was open yeah and now when things go back and the cons are opening and they're going back and sending all their books face to face they need to remember that this door will always be open yes the yeah. people, the, the world is their oyster. They can connect to anyone around the world and find new readers for their exactly. books. They just need to put themselves out there. Exactly. Like I would never have met you before because you're so far away from me. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a great way to get into, tell us about your books and where to get them. <laughs> Well, uh, I started my first book in Times of Violence, Young Adult Edition, with a short story, 18 pages. And when I came to Greece, I was so bored. I'm in a little <laughs> village full of donkeys and old people. Um, I didn't know anyone. And I was just like, right, I can sing and I can write. Now, singing isn't going to help me because I don't speak any Greek. And they're not going to want an English singer in the village. So let's do something with my writing. Let's start taking my writing seriously. So I yes. got a hold of this 18-page short story. And I had to typewriter at the time. This is how far back it was. <laughs> my God, electric typewriter. So I'm typing away. And this one page suddenly became 20 pages. Wow. And I, I was like, what happened? What? When, what's going on page two another 20 30 pages and it was like magic it just flew everything that I wanted to write I didn't even have to think about it my my fingers were just typing away anything that was in my head and this 18 page story ended up being my first novel in times of violence which wow um, is like um, the outsiders on motorbikes. Cool. And then I did a collection to follow on with that, which was uh, Huntress, um, Lawless Justice, and Road Rage. And they're actually, they're in a series called Outlaw, but they're not a series. They're just about people, young people that... Um, are outlaws because they don't want to um, obey the law. They are ah. their own person. They don't uh, fit in normal society. Um, their family are their brothers. They will die for their brother. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, uh, if you think of Hell's Angels, that's the kind of thing we're talking about, outlaw motorcycle clubs. So that was the outlaw series of four books there. I did lots of flash fiction because um, I wanted to have like a really good CV for when I contacted agents and publishers. I wanted them to ah. see all my work. So I was putting these short stories, which were called flash fiction or one minute fiction. Yeah. And they were being published in online magazines, in newspapers, magazines and, and stuff, uh, anthologies and what have you. And then I later on, I put them put them together into two collections one's called heads and tails which is oh, um, I like that cover stories. thank you yeah it's it's like light and dark you've got the soft feather and then you've got the barbed wire going around it yeah exactly heads and tails so heads and tails is rather dark and I was I didn't realize it was dark until someone actually pointed out to me how dark the stories were but um <laughs> there's um short fiction and there is a flash fiction in there and they're all different genres so you've got sci-fi you've got comedy you've got romance you've got historical romance you've got horror there's a bit of everything in there mm. and then with undressed this was again a collection of um flash fiction but it had poetry prose um, memories, excerpts of um, um, books that hadn't been published and excerpts of books that had been published. Okay. And also what we call prompts, where you start uh, an idea for a story. It doesn't go anywhere, but it's really good when it starts. And so there are prompts in there as well. So the thing about, the reason I called it Undressed 
was because and our, it, the stories are raw, emotional, and naked. Ah. It gives my fans more of an insight into my warped mind. <laughs> but That's because hilarious. it was called Undressed, Amazon decided to put it down as an erotica. Oh, jeez. Stories and erotica poems. So, of course, erotica is, uh, is a bad word for Amazon. And so it sort of went right down the bottom yeah. of the, uh, yeah. the list until I contacted him. I said, please have a look at my book. There is nothing naked. There is no erotica in my book. It is poetry. It is, there's horror, there's romance, there's um, mystery, there's fantasy, there's sci-fi. I said, you will not find anything to do with sex, BDSM, uh, LGBTQ, whatever, anything, nothing like that in this book. Yeah. So please don't put it listed as erotica poetry. Oh, uh, Amazon. Later on, because um, I was told that they were rather dark, I figured out that some of them were dark. So I put them into a little book. It's the, the pocket book is the paperback. You can actually fit it in your pocket. Oh, that's cool. Um, of that's the one the that I have, fiction. right? That's the one that you've got and you still haven't read it. All of the <laughs> flash fiction um, that are horror, based on horror. So, I mean, one one page is is like one story. It's like yeah. one page, one story. So quick. It's, it's like, they're not ones that will give you nightmares, but they're ones that will make you think okay. after you've read this. Okay, so then I published m myself, Illusional Reality, which is a young adult fantasy paranormal romance. Mm. Um, it did so well that I was offered a contract from a publisher. Oh, and wow. then book two came out, which is a duology. Okay. I didn't want to do a trilogy, but it's a duology. And if you look at, I don't know if people are seeing the camera or not on this, if it's just a well, audio it, or not. It, we do YouTube and we do podcasts. So Wonderful. Depends. So if you can see half of her here she's Becky yeah just a normal officer marketing executive and then the other half there we go is Saya when she's oh. transported from England in earth UK and taken to Ticinia where she finds out she has powers that she is the the actual ruler of the the land and okay. uh, she's been she's been brought back a prophecy telling her that she's going to save all her people from a warlord oh and if you can imagine that happening to you you'd be like excuse me i don't <laughs> know you take me back home I have yeah. nothing to do with you. This isn't my problem. And so she's really, really stubborn until she finally accepts who she is and yeah. she takes up what she's supposed to do. And mm. the second one, again, is a duology in a duology. She is uh, fire. Yeah. And then she is the other side. There is an evil spirit inside her that oh. starts waking up in book one and in book two you finally find out who she really is oh, and does okay. she control this 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 other will inside her so it's a duology and it was inspired by guess who token of course. <laughs> after i saw the first film lord of the rings i it was a one hour journey to get home and illusional reality was written in my head Wow. The start, okay. The middle, the plot, the characters, the names, everything. While I was in that car journey home, illusional reality was written in my head. Went and watched oh, wow. the two towers. The quest was written in my head ah. after the two towers. But I didn't make a trilogy. I kept it as a duology. Yes, so yeah. there is no. I mean, I could if I wanted to make a third book, but I I I wrap it up rather nicely on the end of the quest so okay that was taught by a publisher then 
We have Stone Cold, which is very biographical, apart from the gruesome murders and the supernatural part. Um, it has to do with how I was bullied at school, oh. uh, physically and mentally, through every school that I went to. Oh. It was like I had a target on my back. So this is very biographical Stone Cold. Um, she gets her own back on the bullies <laughs> very recently. I got a lot of closure writing this book, Randy, I'll tell you. <laughs> Good. Um, so Stone Cold you can buy as a really cute little paperback book, uh, pocket book. You can fit in your pocket in your handbag. Um, and ebook, of course, it's on ebook as well. Then you have I co-wrote uh, Toxic with another author but what happened was I wanted mine to be a bit more spicier and she wanted to keep us clean so what we did was two of the same book but one was naughty and one was nice oh, so it gives the okay. reader the opportunity to decide which kind of book they want naughty yeah. or nice choices are great Choices are great. And, and this apparently had never been done before. No one's ever heard of something like this. No, First I of all, we're talking dystopian sci-fi erotica, which is a genre you would never, ever think would be together. No, exactly. We created such a world we couldn't leave it as one book. So then we Zoomed again, had a brainstorming session. After two hours, we had book two done. Wow. And book three, we've decided to make it a trilogy and we know where we're going with book three. And we have a publisher waiting for all six books. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That is so good. And my last one, which came out this month, I cannot show you because it's it's coming through the post right now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. We'll have yeah, to wait the patiently. The actual book is coming through the post right now, but I will show you the cover. Uh, it's called Broken Chains. Again, it's another genre that I've never written in. As you can see, I write in everything. This is a dark mafia romance. It yeah. is very graphic. It's very explicit. And people are warned about that before uh, buying the book. So they know what they're going to get. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have been blown away by the reviews that have come in so quickly um all four five stars oh good um, they they have been absolute absolutely amazing the reviews um and uh i, I knew when i was writing it there was something special about this book it yeah. was it was something to do with um i don't know if it was the, it, the violence or whatever but it was trying to put two sides of what mafia like was like as a woman um being uh tortured to get information from Ooh. and then being treated like a queen so you get two sides you see then the danger and how uh dangerous the mafia is but then uh -huh. you see the other side of the dons of how oh, okay. gentle and nice they can be there are loads of twists in the book um but it is really really heavy with um explicitness and, and violence yeah yeah i i really put my character through hell and back in this book um, okay but, uh, she does get a happy ending in the end but it involves mi5 the Greek Mafia, the Italian Mafia, and the Russian Mafia. Wow. All right. All right. Just roll up in there, everybody, eh? Yeah, everyone, everyone got in. And the trouble is, she's wanted by all of them. Oh. And she goes from, let's see if I can see that. There we go. Okay. She goes from um, being an MI5 agent to becoming a mafia princess. Well, that is excellent. Um, and so now where can people follow you? 
I'm everywhere. I am everywhere. I don't use a pen name, even for my erotica stuff. I am Karina Gantas. You can Google me. 74,000 pages will come up. I've been on out uh, on this uh, journey for 27 years. So there is so much out there with me. I'm on nearly every single platform. I'm on MeWe. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm on, yeah. Love <laughs> I'm TikTok. on LinkedIn. <laughs> I bet you do. I can see you as a TikToker. Um, I'm on Facebook, of course. I'm on only 24-7 on Facebook. Um, and then you can find uh, my books wide everywhere. So if you want to buy uh, from uh, from Barnes and Noble for Kobo. If you want to get the paperback from Amazon, you can find me anywhere to to get my books. And I hope you do go out and get Broken Chains because it is my bestseller now. It's only been out this month and it's beaten all of my books so far and everyone's loved it. And if you like that kind of story, if you like the thrilling and the twists and the nail biting and the um oh my god it's so triggering then you'll love this book <laughs> perfect uh, we're gonna share your links down in the description below so people can follow you can pick up your books um and just thank you so much for being on the show it's been such a pleasure chatting with you um, thank you karina i can really tell that you are so passionate about your work and that's fabulous like we need to do what we love which is why i do this show so hit that like and subscribe button so I can keep doing this show and bring you awesome, awesome guests. Um, if you want to support, we do have a merch store. 10% of the proceeds goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Bye.